we're not trying no, to be sure. better than everyone else because we're smarter than everybody else. It just happens to, that we're smarter than everybody else. This is L.A. King's Fan Talk, where we know nothing. And now, your hosts, Rodney and Rob. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Kings Fan Talk. Joining us today, we have diehard Kings fan Darren. Alright, so after losing three games by outplaying the competition and losing, we decided to get outplayed tonight and actually win, which is kind of cool. Rob, what did you think about the game tonight? Um... I was going to break something if we lost to the Devils tonight. You know, Devils have not been very good as of late. I felt it was not necessarily a must win, but we had to win that game to kind of get back on track about things. And we needed those two points to stay in the, in the mix because even though people were thinking we've been playing well, if you think about, since we returned from that short, short uh, COVID break where we postponed three games, we're, we're only seven and five, which, you know, for my, my expectations are starting to change now that we're getting closer and closer to uh, playoff talk. Um, if we are a playoff team, I don't know if seven and five every dozen games is going to, put us there especially if calgary and edmonton kind of right their ships you know there's those are a couple teams that can pass us right up because they got games in hands and so we needed we needed tonight's game so i I was happy what about you darren what'd you think yeah i mean i didn't get to watch much of it but uh i agree with rob we definitely needed that win like I, i think if we win seven and five every 12 games, we're relying on the other teams not doing their part. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good way to, to go about the season. Like, uh, and I think it's just frustrating how the Kings have been playing a little bit where we keep out shooting them, but we just can't quite finish. So, uh, seems like we got a couple decent goals tonight that I follow goal was pretty sick. So I, uh, I definitely agree that. Much needed to win, you know. They, I think I read today they they were like, oh, we don't look at this as like we need so many points on this road trip. We just look at one game at a time. Like, no, we need we need six or eight points for sure on this road trip. Like, I don't think there's any question about it. If we're gonna, like Rob said, keep our spot where we're at. So, I know you've been following the show, so you know how we have a pretty good track record of calling out a Kings player that's underperforming and they start playing good. Well, like at, just sure. before the game today, I call out Grunstrom on Twitter, and bam, there you go, scores. Mm. What do you think about the lines tonight? I I think this mixes. I think at the start of the season, uh, you saw how much slower Brown was than previous years. Like he he didn't look like he could keep up with the first line guys. So I think him playing on the third line is right. I, I wish Kaliev would move up, but they're not going to change that fourth line, it seems. And I think those top two lines are they, – they seem to have good chemistry since they've been together, whatever, these 10, 12 games. So I think you keep them together. I, I like it. So 
Right. I, the the Kaliev thing, if that second line wasn't playing as well as they've been playing, I, w- I would be screaming. But, sure. but And on the other side of that, too, if that fourth line wasn't playing as well as they were playing, I'd be screaming even more because – but why screw up two lines that seem to have chemistry by, by removing Kaliev? You know, I'm, I've, I'm, I've said since day one, Kaliev biggest, I'm Kaliev's biggest fan. And I've always said too, that I wouldn't mind seeing him going back down to the minors and seeing someone else being pulled up that fits that fourth line a little better, but we're, we're, (laughs) we're second in the Pacific as, as we record right now and uh, why, why mess with a good thing going on right now? If you're the coach and GM, who do you send down now? Who do you bring up? I, mean, you- I, I don't think you send anyone down. I mean, I know McClellan said, uh, you know, guys don't lose their injury or their spots due to injury, but we're the team where uh, our chemistry between all four lines seems to be working you know, we, we play well, we kind of dominate most of the play. So I don't know if you mess with it too much. I think if, you know, we lose or we get into a back-to-back game where maybe Grunstrom didn't have a good game, you can plug him in there, put him with Byfield. That could be fun, but I don't, I don't know if you put him in right away. Yeah. We are a pretty good five on five team right now. However, special teams, why would we not try to fix that? Right. Well, when you're talking about trading when you're talking about who we're going to put in the lineup i think that brings up trade situations that that we have um that third line seems to be the one with the least amount of chemistry you know but you know grunstrom brown do do we trade dustin brown is he is he trade bait could could does another team want someone like Dustin Brown? Um, or we still even with Foggy Mo and Turcott, Anthony CU, if Leah Anderson comes back healthy, there's so many different package deals because those are all young kids minus Brown. Right, and you guys heard that uh, Rob Blake was spotted at the Arizona game the other day, right? Yeah. Arizona, New York. I didn't see that, but that's good. Yes, he was in. He was he was watching the Rangers Coyotes game. Three way so, trade. So everyone just started buzzing with the with the Chikrin talk again. Right, right. And and our former our former uh, host Mike. I, don't, I was going to call him a name right now, but um, you know how he he was willing to give up two first round picks and and two first-round prospects and sells I mean, sell the farm you, for him. Did you see that tweet that I, I shared the other day with you guys? No, it was uh, speculation on Florida's package, and it was Lundell. Is it Lind- Lundell? Lundell? Lundell. And uh, Spencer Knight and a first. Yeah, we did Chicken. see that. And, uh, so, yes, and he said that I, I think uh, Mike, Mike might have been on to something. But, however, I, I Mike, mean, Mike was saying two first-round picks plus two people. I, I think I, I think to make our package better, I don't know if we have to go two first, but I definitely think we throw in a second or a third. Like, I, I mean, because I don't think we have anybody 
besides Byfield, who has been as productive at the NHL level as Lindell as Lindell and Spencer Knight is, you know, supposed to be really good. So he seems good, but goalies are weird. So, well, my whole point of the whole thing is number one, I don't want to give up two first round picks. Just you start crippling yourself when you know, we we've gone through that already. That's kind of why we're, you know, when we did that stuff, I'm happy about it because we won two cups. But look at those following years and look where, we, where we've been at these past few seasons. I think it's a direct effect of not having first-round picks. Um, and the other side of that, too, is if that's the package Florida wants to give up, because Lindell is, is a stud. And, you know, how often do uh, great goaltenders like Spencer Knight come around? If they want to do that, then power to them. I Let them give up their stuff to get something like that. They're trying to win the Stanley cup this year. They're, they're that good. I, I don't think the Kings, you know, when we get into the playoffs, eight seed, we've done it before, but realistically, you know, I would just like to see uh, all these young kids get playoff experience. I'm not, I'm not expecting us to win the Stanley cup. Ex- expecting. No, I, I think though he is that a- that level of guy to where, you know, if you, wow, I think his contract's three, three years with like four million, four and a half million on it, and he's only 23, 24. Like, he's, I know, Rob, you said you don't think he's that good because he hasn't been on the power play, but he was also hurt, and I think he was in COVID protocol during that time. If you look at the numbers, like his power play time, he is the best, he's the top on the, the Coyotes power play time. I looked it up because think Mike asked me to do some research on it and like he he definitely was their top power play guy I, I think he could be really good if if Kings got him and, and he's the kind of guy who you know I don't know the exact package but put him in for Mata and I think our defense could really be start being better than it is because what we get production wise for our defense is not very good so Rodney Am I just the most misunderstood person on the face of the earth something or maybe it's I, the way you enunciate? I'm not sure. I just don't un- I get how good the the kid is. I think Chikrin is fantastic. But when you're asking for like like if he's the best player in the league kind of stuff, I'm I'm going to sit like I said, I'm always going to be on the king side of why do you want so much? I'm trying to argue his price down. Yeah. I, I, that's where I'm coming from. I understand how good he is and all this, all that other stuff, but I'm going to question the minus 31. I'm going to question why does he only have eight points? If he's such a great power play guy, why does he only have eight points? I mean, I think he was out there while the power play was bad. And I think maybe that's part oh, okay. of Okay, you just you maybe, just maybe argue for it. Is. Yeah, but you know, I think at the same time, like he's he's also not a guy who we need to put on the power play. I think Jersey is a great QB two out there, and you know, are you going to take Dowdy off the power play? I don't know about that, but the way he plays, I think he's the kind of guy we need on defense, where he's a big body, kind of physical defenseman, but he can also move. And, and if you look at our our left side, like. 
we have Mikey Anderson, but he's not offensively like that way. Toby Bjornfoot, you see flashes of it, but he's also not as big as like guy like Chikrin is. And I think Mata is that. I, I don't know if he's as big of a black hole as like some Kings fans like to pick on, but he is that Jake Muzzin from you know five years ago where he makes any play and you're, you 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 roll your head, you roll your eyes back, and you're. Freaking Mata yeah. again. Right? That's exactly <laughs> what it is. So, no, definitely an upgrade. Definite, definite upgrade. But once and, again, and then, I think the other thing too is you have to look at it as it's not a rental. This is not a, it's, it's not a one year thing. So, like, correct. It, it, it's, it's one of those things where this is a move for next year or the year after that when we should Great. be Stanley Cup champions. Or, but or if you're going to give, if you're going to try and sell me, uh, uh, 2019 Corolla for a 2022 price. I'm going to point out a dent, that little ding you got in the driver's side door and, uh, you know, a little stain in the back seat just because I don't want to pay that price, you know, and see where things are going. That's all. I, and, and if you stand pat on, I want brand new money for it. Well, then I'm just going to say, okay, go sell it to someone else. And I'll go buy myself a brand new one with the money that I have. And I just think the money the Kings have, the the assets we have, I think there will be something else that will come along that will be as good, maybe even better. Because I'm concerned about his numbers this year. But once again, he's an absolute upgrade over Mata. I, I'm not arguing that part. And the question is, is Chikrin really a Toyota? Because they hold their resale value pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Is he, is he a Dodge Ram or is he a <laughs> Toyota Tundra? Right. So is that our fix for special teams? Making a trade? Or is it something we can do internally or something we can fix or change with coaching? What do you guys think? our special teams are just terrible. The last yeah. time we had any kind of good special teams, it's it's been four years, 2018, when John Stevens was the coach. It's painful to watch right now. It's terrible. And I sure. know I know Kings fans as a joke will say, let's just decline the the decline the power play. And it's it's a joke, but it's almost real. It's like you know, we probably should. Here's something that I I don't want to do, but I'm gonna do it. I'm going to complain about the officiating. You know, I've, I'm, I'm always one of those ones understanding where it comes from, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, my God, we just get some of the worst calls at the worst times. Early in a game that just sets tones right away. During those three losses, there were just so many bad calls. And then if we go on the penalty kill, if, if the other team goes on the power play, it's like shit. We're we're gonna be down immediately because we can't we can't stop a, a, some someone else's power play. Our penalty kill just sucks. Sure. I think too that I don't I don't think I've seen any other team. Maybe it happens, but because I don't focus that much on the other rest of the league. But I don't think if I've seen more team or a team get more diving calls than we do, and and half of them I don't think were warranted. Like that Brown one today. It's like the guy gets cross checked into the boards. And because his legs flew up the way they did, 
because he got cross-checked in the small of the back against the boards, they called it for dive. And it's like, those are, those are the unfortunate penalties to me. It's like, how, how is that even a call? Like to me, I, I, I don't know what we do. I mean, it's, it's either get someone new in there or have like force him to change his ways with Sturm. Cause I know he's the, the power play. I don't know if he's the penalty kill coach. I assume he's special teams, but, and, or it's bring up new guys, but, I don't think our, I don't think Rodney's boy Ferk is going to change it because if you look at a lot of other power power plays, like what do they do? They move, they go high, low, they go left, right. And what do the Kings do? Puck gets to Kopitar on the half wall, goes to Dowdy, goes back to Kopitar. It just sits there. They play catch at the blue line and there's no, there's no changing the goalies, making the goalie move. There's no getting the, the, killers out of the position it's just let's just let these two guys you know it worked in 2012 2014 let let Kopi and Dowdy work but it's not working right now and I don't know if it's those two guys need to move off or it's just Sturm needs to get a new group out there a new philosophy but I wish they would move that's that's the biggest thing and then most of the time they have they don't have Kaliev on his off wing so he can utilize his shot or his one-timers but I do have to say, when my boy Ford came up, that's probably the best the Kings power plays looked all year. It, that it did. That one game, yep. the the power play looked awesome. And I don't know if anybody knows this. He had a hat trick last night. He had another goal tonight. I mean, he Goal and three assists tonight. What does he need to do? But, but it comes back to what we've already talked about. Where does he go? Does he go, does he go on to that third line for Grundstrom, who was the number one star tonight? But I feel like as an organization, you want you want to set a good example for, you know, for other kids on the team. If somebody is performing very well at that level, give them a call up, sign them up. I think the fear with FERC too is waivers because I think it's it's thirty days straight in the NHL or a number of games, and I think he's at like what three or four. So, I mean, he, bring him up, but I don't know. It, it's <laughs> right. It's. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just need to bring him up and if he fails then let him go somewhere else and... but this this is this was my whole thing about I love you Kaliev send him down trade just switch him out for Furt mm-hmm. and then don't really don't really care where Furt plays line wise I want him available for our power play right no matter what, whether he plays on the fourth line where Kaliev is or on the third line or, you know, whatever. He needs to be a power play option because half his goals down there are just blast, one-time blasts. It's just, he's sick right now. And if anything, it just opens it up for everybody else on the power play because the teams will start to cover him, make sure he doesn't get the pass. They'll overplay him and just opens it up for everybody else. The other guy too is Kachev. You know, I mean, right. that first game when in his work on the power play in that game, I mean, he was the one who moved it high to low. And I mean, I still remember that pass. He, he was on the goal line, made the defenseman move to the right and then passed it to the left over to Kopi for the snipe. And it's like those are the plays that you see every other team making on the power play where it's make the defender move, pass high to low, pass low to high, score. And it just doesn't seem to happen for the Kings. So maybe instead of a shooter, it's a passer we need. 
never thought we'd say that, but yeah, maybe we're finally there. <laughs> I mean, Arvidsson takes enough shots for everyone. Right, so. Arvidsson and Kaliev when he gets a chance. Quick comment, though. Of our uh, five losses since the, the comeback, first place, Vegas, first place, Tampa, first place, Colorado, second place, Nashville, and then the shark debacle. I mean, the four of our four of our five losses are to top, top teams. And I think we outplayed Nashville when we lost to them. I think we outplayed Tampa when we lost to them. I think we outplayed Colorado when we lost to them. You know, we are putting really good efforts into those losing games against top teams. I think of, I think we belong. We belong where we're at. We just got to get some puck luck here and, and keep it going second half and get some playoff hockey going for us. Agreed on all that. So along those lines of our past schedule, you know, the game, the teams we lost to, looking forward to, to this road trip, I think there's some to keep things going, to keep us, keep the points coming in. Uh, I see that we're, we're playing Philly. We, we cannot lose to Philly <laughs> for multiple reasons. Multiple reasons why we can't lose the Philly. Agreed. Um, and there's some floundering teams. There are some teams that are that are trying to find their own foothold on where they're going to be. You know, um, the Islanders. They're sitting at 500. Um, Detroit is coming up in five games or so. They're they're a couple games below 500, and then right after that, we'll come back home for a game against Edmonton, that'd be great to, to snipe them off as well. I don't know. Pittsburgh, New York, we, we had some success already with them. Maybe we could double that up. We need, we need, some, we need some points for sure on, on this road trip coming up. There's some winnable games out there. Definitely. I think, uh, like I said, uh, with the game recap of like, you know, we need like six or eight points. I mean, we definitely need to get those – Six points against what Philly and Detroit. You said I think those are the two the two teams that are the weakest remaining on the road trip. I know the Islanders are lower in the standings, but they've been playing really well recently. I think that's the one of the yeah, the games we should win. But you know they're getting their stuff back together. I, I think they're a team that's lower in the standings. That's probably should have been higher and should have been in a playoff spot potentially. So I, I think you know. We definitely need to get some points against those those teams. But it's always been funny this season. It seems to me like the games where the Kings really struggle are those games. It's almost like they have a hard time getting up for the games against the worst teams. I mean, I remember that game against Arizona where we lost in overtime, and it was just like right. we dominate the game. We dom- The night before, I don't even remember who we played, but we dominated the night before against a really good team, and we played mm-hmm. Arizona, and we shit the bed. Right, right. Yeah. It was against times. Carolina. <clears throat> right. And also I think like, we played really well against Carolina. That's right. We okay, maybe we didn't win, but played really well, fought back, showed a lot of heart, and then just shit the bed. Like it was. Yeah, just like just like when the Penguins came to town, and they play amazing. You know, they got Crosby and Malkin there, and they're like, "Hey, let's let's play good. We're playing a a good team." 
but that's yeah. how you become a good team. You, you, you play good no matter what your competition is. Well, well, I thought, I thought after we lost to Nashville, we played so well against Nashville. And then we made the statement about shutting out Detroit. Absolutely just bamboozled Detroit. We dummied them. Um, and then followed up 3-1. We beat Rangers. And then we beat Pittsburgh. I'm all thinking, this is it. This is, this is us stating who we are. And I thought we were going to just ride it. But then those three games that we lost is like, holy crap. Right. Yeah, but at least the play was still there. The play was still there, even though we lost. So that's why I was like, okay, whatever. Even that Seattle game looked a little close to me. I mean, it it, for where they're at in the standings. You know, I know they're they're a team with decent defense and not very good goaltending. But that's a team where the Kings should, with the number of shots they put on, should score more than what they did. I I think for some reason, and it shouldn't happen with the Kings because we have guys who've won before, you know, we should, we have some of those veteran guys who've won. So it's strange to me that we can't get up in those games that we should win sometimes, you know, I know we do it, like you said, with Detroit, but we can't be a team that, you know, plays well against the top of the league and then shits the bet against the bottom of the league. So put us out of the playoffs if we keep doing that. So, so speaking of the playoffs, I think earlier, one of our first shows we did, we were talking about keeping Peterson or Quick or keeping both of them. But with us being, you know, right there in the playoff picture, do we need to keep both goalies? What do you think, Rob? Yes, because I didn't like the way I don't like the way Peterson looked tonight. He looked he looked I don't know, just off. Thank God. I, he just he was he just reacted. He slid out of position quite a few times. I I think our defense won that game more than he did. I think I think we definitely have two goalies who are at their best when they play half the games versus you know a guy who's going to want to play sixty or seventy games like Quick used to. Because I don't think Quick can handle it. I mean, you saw him start breaking down towards the that period where Peterson was out and they used him a lot. I I think you started seeing him falter a little bit in those games. So I think we definitely need both. I don't see, unless we're getting someone back who's just as capable as one of the other, I don't think we make that move. What do you guys think of Quentin Byfield's play so far? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we have a kid of his stature, you know, you can't, you can't coach and you can't produce somebody to skate at his speed with his size. It's just God given, you know? So I'm, I'm excited about the, the type of person he is and player he can be, but I also understand that he's only 19. He's far from, from a stud yet. You know, and there's, he's, he's got to, he's got to mature and, and get used to the game. And the only way you can do that is by putting him in there, regardless of if he's producing or not, he needs the experience for him to get to the next level. But I've, his ceiling is, 
is way up there and deservedly so because like i said you can't teach size and speed it's it's a nice combination to have i'm pretty sure you both remember kopitar's first goal ever and when byfield almost scored almost exactly yeah. the same way the other day as it was happening i'm like oh, he's gonna score the kopitar goal but didn't happen but close i like that he drove to the net like that that was good to see darren what do you think about byfield so far for sure. I definitely agree. I mean, I think him and a lot of the Kings prospects, they've kind of been, you know, not helped by the COVID stuff going on. You know, I think somebody was saying Turcotte's barely played like 50 games since he was drafted or 60 games or something like that. And it's like, but for Byfield, I think he's, I think it was unfortunate they broke his ankle because I think he could have been something, he, he looked amazing in preseason. And I think he's looks. I didn't get to see much of the game tonight. So I don't know how he played uh, tonight, but that game against uh, Colorado, he definitely, you know, showed some flashes of what we want him to be. That that guy who, like Rob said, he has speed and size and just a little, just enough skill to put it all together. And I think, you know, we're going to see those flashes. And I think that's kind of what the Kings needed. They needed that that young guy. We we saw it a little bit with Kupari right when he came up the first like couple weeks where, you know, he scored a power play goal. He scored a couple of goals kind of similar, like where he was making plays and I don't know what happened, but he's kind of fallen off a little bit. So I think we needed that. Like we needed that life kind of breathed into the, the roster a little bit. So hopefully he can kind of do that for us. Yeah. One of those goals that Kapari scored, I was at the game and he scored this beautiful wrist shot from the slot. And after the game, he said, that was the shot of my life. And at first, I was like, oh, that's funny. But after watching the rest of his games, I'm like, that probably was the shot of his life, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, so uh, same question. We're talking about the kids. What do you guys think about Turcotte's play so far? Darren, what do you think? I think he looked a little bit more tentative to start. Like, Byfield, I think maybe it was just because he had games before. Um, or maybe it's just the style of player he is. But he came out, and he seemed like he impacted the game a little bit more that first game against Colorado or as Turcotte, he the both it's both the style of player he is where he's not going to do the flashy stuff, but he's going to do those grindy things that we, that will win you games, but you don't always appreciate it. You know, he's not going to flip the puck over the net to bat someone else to bat it in, but he's going to make the smart plays for the most part. So I think, you know, to me, I think he's, he's probably been the one who's been most affected by COVID and, the expectations put on him. And I think he has so much like pressure. I don't know who's putting the pressure on him. I think it's mostly internal, but sometimes he looks a little like he, he's trying too hard sometimes, you know what I mean? And I, and I, I it sucks for me. Cause I think he was, he's a great player. Like you watch him in Ontario and he, he's, he was kind of the engine for a lot of that. I know Tynan is their points leader, but Turcotte was always there making the big plays when they need it. So to me, I, I I hope he can develop into what he should. So, because I think, you know, a guy like Mike Richards is what I said on the on a Reddit post one time where it's like, he's the kind of guy who doesn't make the flashy plays. He makes the hard plays. He's going to be a penalty killer. And that's the guys who you win with. So that's kind of what I hope. But so Mike he looked Richards, a little tentative to me. Mike Richards mini-me? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
Yes, I don't know what's up with, uh, maybe he needs to get a better grip on his stick, but it seems like two or three times a game he's getting a stick knocked out of his hands. And he's skating around the ice trying to find his stick to pick it up. <clears throat> but, or, and uh, then trying to run into Dowdy afterwards. <laughs> right. Rob, what do you think about Turcotte? Mm. Same as I think about all of them. They just, we, there's just not enough room. There's not enough lines. We, we need to roll five lines. <laughs> right. You know, take the, take the seventh defenseman and the bottom pair defense, skate five lines and four defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> just because these guys need, they just need, experience until some of them start catching up to the speed of the NHL. Cause that's the only way we're going to figure out who the cream of our crop is. So we have such a big crop and, and Turcotte, he's, he's right there with, with all of them, but I'm, I'm always going to like some of the bigger guys. That's why I like Kaliev so much. That's why I like Byfield so much. Cause they're to me, I like the, bigger, stronger guys, they just, I just think they project to, to last a little longer. And so no love for the Darren's of the world. Is that what you're saying? What's going on there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm just, we, we got so many, uh, Tyler Madden is someone that I think can do just almost just as good a job as, as Turcotte, you know, and he's five pounds. He's only 155 pounds. Or he just got to put some weight on. And I think he's, yeah. he's going to be pretty good. But I, you know what we need to do? We need to have a who's better. We need to come up with our own prospect. What? Who are? Who's the LA Kings fan talk top five prospects? That's what we need to do. We need to come up with our own little list. Sounds good. Well, we know who. We know who Rodney's first is. Yeah, so. no, no, he's not. He's who's not a prospect. That? I'm talking about prospect. <laughs> who? <I'm> talk- <laughs> He's talking about who that's totally different. No, see, well, see, (coughs) that's somebody we can bring up right now to help our power play. But prospects, those are our kids. Mine's Kaliev right now. Yeah. He's my, he's, I think he's our, I think he's our, I think I like his game a little more than, than Byfield's right today. Today. So, Darren. If you are Gabriel Velarde, you're sitting there in the rain and you're seeing everybody called up besides yourself, what are you thinking? I mean, I, I hope he's getting motivated by it and he's putting in the work because to me, I think what Rob was just talking about where we have so many guys like Tyler Madden and Turcotte, like they're almost, it's almost like we took a you know prototypical player of that mold and we photocopied it and we have five six of those guys in the in the minors and i think velarde is one of the few prospects we have that aren't that and yep i i mean i said in the in my preseason i think i tweeted to you guys like i thought he was gonna have a big year because the pressure was off of him he's gonna be 3c and i thought he was gonna get a lot of power play time and obviously he's down in the minors i think he just needs to get motivated he needs to he needs because there's games where you could see his motivation and he and he scored and he did a lot of the work necessary, but there's even shifts in those same games where he wasn't it didn't look like he was motivated and he got run over and he got blown by and he was as McClellan said, he was a passenger. And 
I hope he's getting motivated and he comes back next season. Cause I don't, I think what I've read is that they're going to keep him down there to train him as a wing for the full season. And I, I think that's, I hope he uses his time. Well, he looked really good playing with Byfield. And I thought for a second, they might bring them both up together, but yeah, just no room for that. Um, under, and I'm talking about the kids right now, not not guys that are on on our team right now, except for a couple of them. Um, under six foot, under 200 pounds, you have your Turcots. You have Jad, Anderson Dolan. You have Akil Thomas. You have Tyler Madden. Yeah, you yeah. have Aiden Dudas. You have... You have all these guys that are so similar in size and skill set and speed and, and all that stuff. And when you start talking about a Velarde who has absolutely sick hands and he's and he's big, you know, he's six two. He's not over he's not over two hundred pounds, but still size and size and skill stuff, like I said, you just cannot teach the size, the speed, the hands. Those are things you either have them or you don't. And I don't know what it is he has to dedicate himself to, but he definitely has something that those other guys that I just talked about don't have that will set him apart to where he can be the guy at the NHL level. Where all those other guys, they have to do extra stuff just to be seen because because of the lack of size. So I I hope he's sitting there trying to figure out I have I need to kick myself in the ass and get better because he he would jump right to the top of the chart on our list if if he'd just figure it out. Agreed. I mean like I said we have so many prospects that are basically the same guy you just listed them all and Velarde's the guy who one of the guys who is not like the others. And I was thinking about this today. We have, we have, it's the one weakness of the Kings prospect pool is the fact that we have so many guys that do the same thing. And it's like, you know, you look at a team like Ottawa who in this last draft, they took a guy in the first round who shouldn't have been a first rounder, but he's a guy they don't have. And it's like, maybe the Kings need to start doing that. I know we've talked about taking best player available, but, what happens if all of your players are the same player? Like we have, you know, six or seven guys in the minors right now who are second or third liners or we don't have a lot of guys who are potential first liners. And I think that's what we need. So except for my boy, Martin Chromiak, hopefully. Well, at least he's, at least he's six foot tall, right? A little bigger. Yeah. And he's, and he's pretty thick. He's not quite 200 pounds, but I think he's like 190. Back to that tweet that back in July, what I was always saying is we just need someone to score 60 to 70 points other than Kopitar. We need a couple guys. You take a look at all the top teams, and they have multiple, multiple guys that are scoring over 60 points. Yep. And we just don't have it. And hope maybe Kempe can be that guy. Maybe Ayafalo can be that guy, but I'm just not fans of of guys like I follow, just because he's another six foot, one hundred and eighty pound. Yep. 
not a lot of ton, not a ton of skill. He, he has he does all those intangible little things. I'm tired of it. Right. I want a pasta knock that is going to come out there and just dance your jock strap off and snipe it wherever he wants, you know? Or that's the type of guys I want. Or play like Lemieux. But Kempe start Kempe's kind of showing that he might be able to be that kind of guy. Still only twenty five years old. Right. I, I I think that's the other thing too, is like part of the Kings problem is they had so many young guys and then going into that like twenty twenty season when that season was cut short and you know how many how many guys were affected by that and you know i think velarde was for sure i think turcott and i think kempy you saw the flashes of it throughout the last two seasons like you know there's games where he has you know a hat trick or two goals and two assists but he was so inconsistent i think you know this season he's he's almost flattened it out like where he doesn't have like too many boom games but he doesn't he also doesn't have any too many bus games, you know what I mean? Like and I think that's that's helped him out. So being more consistent. Probably helps that he's with Kopitar, you know, most of the season or with Dano. So Kempe has but. actually given me hope for guys like Kapari, because like over the last nine or ten games I'm like, I'm I'm done with Kapari. Send him back down, something. But then I remembered how long did it take Kempe to get to this level? And he he, sure. he kind of was like a Kapari when he was younger. So, yeah. Just give the kids more time. That's what I was saying about the whole Kaliev thing. I've, If you go and look at guys like, I don't know, Pasternak, just, just guys that are top scorers right now, their first season, they only scored 15 goals. You know, yeah. their next season after that, they made a jump to 20-plus goals. And then after that, that's when you, they start establishing themselves as, hey, I'm a 30-goal scorer. I'm a stud. You know, you have to go through those couple seasons of getting your feet wet, understanding the speed of the game, understanding where your skills and where your niche is going to be. And, and we got to get through that. And losing that, that season to – half that season to COVID, that, it stunts – the For progression sure. of some of those guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, coming into this season, Turcotte had played like 50 games. And I think with the games he's played this season, he's at like a full, what would be a full like AHL season of games at this point. And it's like, you know, you see all the guys who talk crap about him and how he's going to be a bust. And it's like, guys, he's played one season. Like he's 20 years old. Give him, Unless you're, you know, McDavid, how many guys come into the NHL at 19 and and are that good? You know what I mean? Like most Don't guys come into the league uh, at 22, 23, and, and then they start. I'm, I'm sure he's being unfairly compared to Zegras because oh, drafted sure. before him, same draft. All that, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think of like Deno and Arvison? Would you do those signings again or trades again? At the or halfway you... point, what do I think? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I would. I would definitely do it again. Uh, especially Dino. Just well, we saw what the Kings became when he was out of the lineup. As soon as he comes back, just something he brings to it. I, I know you compare. You were comparing Mike Richards to uh, I think Turcotte earlier, but he kind of reminds me of Richards in a different way. Less physical, mm-hmm. but great at faceoffs. Uh, just controlling the puck. Just great passer. 
sees the ice well. Uh, and then Arvidsson's starting to, he's finally starting to score some goals <coughs> instead of uh, shooting 100 times a game and not scoring. But right. Yeah, we half, think we're half, halfway through the season, you know, you basically double their numbers, and that's what the projection is, right? So you're looking at, at Arvison and Deneau both being able to score 20 goals because um, they both have 10 apiece. Um, would like to have seen Arvidsson maybe score a few more. Yep. You know, I don't necessarily think 20 goals is worth the value, but uh, I didn't think, I didn't think uh, Deneau was going to have 10 goals, but Deneau being at 22 points projecting to be over 40 points. It's kind of where that's kind of exactly where I thought he needs to be. Yeah. Um to be a true second line defensive center. Um, absolutely do that signing again and again and again. Um, I'll still argue with people about overpayment and term, but he's got to do this for his entire contract with us for me to be absolutely happy with it. And but halfway through the first season with them, absolutely. I, I and I just I think he's a good guy. I love, I like seeing the smile on his face. I like the yeah. interviews he's given, he, the energy he brings, all that stuff. He's he, surprisingly he's one of my favorites now. I, I love watching him play because gets he, a little feisty sometimes too. Yeah, he's 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 and he's a really good at what he does. He's really really good at what he does. Um. Arvidsson has picked up enough lately to, okay, he, he's a top six forward for us. Okay. Yep. So I'm, I'm happy with those signings and Edler before he got hurt. Uh, he was good. He's, <laughs> he was yep. as advertised too. He's, he's a really good veteran defenseman that I wish did not go through what he's going through right now. Right. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I don't know what to think about Arvidsson. He's like, He's the guy who he shoots the puck every time it touches his stick. And sometimes I actually don't want him to shoot, but I know that's how he, he scores is he, he shoots. He's, he's almost like frustrating in that sense of like, you want him to make another play, you know, he'll carry the puck in on the left wing and he's up against the boards and he takes a shot and, you know, sometimes those are good can be good if you get traffic and stuff, but a lot of times it's doing it one on two and it's not going to do anything. It doesn't even force a face off kind of thing. But uh, so to me, I think he can be frustrating in that way, but I definitely would do the trade again. I don't know if I would bring him back. Depends on who the Kings, how the kids develop, what they think they can get out there, but maybe we don't bring him back unless, you know, to know and him have some supreme chemistry, but uh, to know, I think is like you said, he's what we wanted him to be 40 points locked down defensively, take some pressure off Kopi, hopefully, and you know, does what he does very well. All right, Kings fans, that's all we have today. Thanks again to Darren, the diehard Kings fan, for joining us. Until next time, go Kings, go, go Kings. <laughs>